How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Joe Ostrowski. We couldn't live without Joe Ostrowski. Knights on 670 The Score. The good news is for Bears fans is that the Rams are about to win. The Bear organization is a loser. 35-16, to 16, the Green Bay Packers clinch the number one seed in the NFC. The Bears will be the number seven seed. They get in as a wild card for the first time in 25 years. We're fired up. Joe Show back from uh, Christmas, New Year's holiday, and perfect time as the Bears are sort of celebrating their opportunity to participate in the playoffs, and it's not a bad thing. But I understand why some of you aren't all that thrilled about the Bears making the postseason for the second time in three years because as the points is now what? It was eight last night. Let me check over at points because I was talking about it this morning on radio.com on my show Bet Sweats about it. And it was jumping up this morning. I want to see if it continued to climb. And of course it gets, oh, it did. It did. Okay. Uh, Sunday afternoon, as we all knew, because what do you know, Alvin Kamara would be available to return at that time, which I expect him to be on the field. It is now a 10-point spread. 10! Not going to spend all night talking about the spread, but what I found fascinating last night was after that was released at at the number of 8 at 8, now it's 10, but at 8, that was the uh, biggest underdog that a Matt Nagy team would ever have had. Well, this is going to set the record. At the end of three years, this is the biggest Matt, a Matt Nagy team has ever been an underdog. <laughs> the last time it's been double digits, or even it was at eight, was the last game of the John Fox era against Minnesota. Think about that. The playoff game. Yeah, biggest underdog right now. That's where we sit. Here uh, as we get ready for the Bears and Saints on Sunday. You better believe we'll be breaking it down every single day right here on Sports Radio 670. The score. My name is Joe Ostrowski. Uh, you can reach out to me on Twitter at Joe0670. You can call in. Mike Rinkin, our executive producer, will get you on the air. Or uh, text in 312-644-6767. A lot of different layers to uh, everything that happened Yesterday with the Bears' loss to the Packers and just where we sit after 16 more regular season games with this regime, um, we have now one winning season in six years with Ryan Pace as a general manager, but zero losing seasons with Matt Nagy as the head coach. 
Uh, as far as the game yesterday, the final score in both games against the Packers this year were a bit deceiving, in my perspective. Both of them. Not one, but both. If we go back to Week 12, we remember the misery of that Sunday night. And the Bears lose 41-25. If you don't watch the game, you're just looking at the final score. I'm like, okay, yeah. Comfortable win for Green Bay. But the Bears are able to put up some points. Not something they've done much over the last couple of years at that time. No, no. It wasn't that, if you watched it. It was 41-10 to 10 entering the fourth quarter, and there were two garbage touchdowns at the end. So I didn't want to jump in and say, well, you, you know, this big run of explosive offensive games for the Bears starting in the second half of that Packers game. No, it didn't. It didn't. Those were two garbage touchdowns. Green Bay was fine giving up. And if you've been paying attention to the Packers, they've had their issues in the second halves of games this year. And now yesterday, I would also make the case that Green Bay winning 35-16, to 16, a bit deceiving. Now, I don't want to give the Bears too much credit, but keep in mind, that was a close game late. And what was the difference? Well, you've got to go to the quarterback position, but it's, of course, more than that, like it has been in every Bears loss this year. The Bears outgained the Packers 356 to 316. They controlled the, the ball. They had the ball over 35 minutes. Now, the efficiency is where it flips on you. I mean, yards per play is Green Bay 7.2 and the Bears 4.8. Bears were in 21, 21 third and fourth down situations. And when they were unable to convert late, I don't think any of you were surprised. The surprise was that they kept converting on fourth downs. You're like, okay, well, one of these times we're not going to do that. Then it happened at a terrible time. But they, they had sustained drives, the Bears did. But what happened in the end? And that, that was really the difference. When you get the ball in the red zone, you, you saw it on display. I mean, we've seen it the last 25, 26 times the Bears and Packers have faced off. But what, what's the big difference here? So you have, you go right down the field, Montgomery touchdown to start the game. You have that scare where he hobbles off, but he does return and he scores. Okay? After that first drive, Bears didn't get into the end zone. In the third quarter, they had an 11-play, 87-yard drive. It ends with three points. You can't have that. Matt Nagy was more aggressive than we've seen over the past few years yesterday. He was with all those fourth-down attempts. Good for him. I gave him the thumbs up. Because, because why? I mean, you've got 12 on the other side. You need to score touchdowns. Field goals aren't going to help you. Well, what happened yesterday? I actually think he needed to be a little bit more aggressive Fourth and goal from the two? The MVP's on the other side. You've got to get into the end zone. 15 plays, 51 yards, turnover on downs. You recover a fumbled punt on the 20. And you get three out of it. No, you need seven. You need seven. And it wasn't just the offense. But I say a bit deceiving because it was 21 to 16 in mid- Middle of the third quarter. Now, the Bears held the Packers to limited possessions, especially in the first half, 
But what did they do with all three of them? Touchdown drives. They get in the red zone. It's touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. They turn the, they recover a fumble. What happens? The commit fumble. They turn it into a touchdown. It's not three points. That was your difference in the game. 35-16 was a bit deceiving. And really, Green Bay should have put more points up. The MVS drop, an easy score for them. And you, you had a fourth quarter collapse in the last seven, eight minutes of that fourth quarter. I mean, that was the difference in the game. That's it. Field goals on one side, touchdowns on the other. <laughs> I'll take the Hall of Famer that's scoring touchdowns. And that's just how it's going to work. And the, the real disappointing part, I think the biggest reason, I don't know if, if half is right. I'd just be taking a wild guess. Just be anecdotal based off uh, the interactions that I've had and just hearing from you guys at 312-644-6767. Maybe a third. I don't know if a half is fair. Not that excited about the playoffs because, well, you know, if, if this was the defense of 2018, there would be excitement. You would see some cases. And we spent a lot of time talking about Matt Nagy and Mitchell Trubisky, as we should. Defense can't stop anybody. Can't stop anybody. How much money are you spending on defense? More than any NFL team. That's how much. You're spending $117.5 million on defense in this era. That's how they decided to build this team. And they don't have a good one. They can't get stops in the red zone. This defense two years ago, it's not touchdown, touchdown, touchdown going against them. I don't care who you got on the other side. That wasn't happening. They're not dropping three interceptions. Remember all the takeaways? I mean, that's the difference right now. People want, want to pick a side. It's Negi. No, it's Trubisky. No, it's Negi. Bud, Bud Light, the old Super Bowl commercials. No. It's both, and it's more. It's this defense, this overpaid defense. Three biggest contracts on the team. Khalil Mack, Robert Quinn, Eddie Jackson. Eddie Jackson going to make a play this year? Those are more about missed tackles with him. Forward to next year, moving ahead. I mean, this is how they built it. The way they constructed this roster, there is no choice but to be elite. And they are far from that. I don't even know that top 10 is good enough, the amount of money they're paying on that side of the ball. 2021, highest paid players on the team, Mack, Fuller, Quinn, Hicks, Eddie Jackson. What? Have to be elite. Otherwise, you got no shot. Unless you have a quarterback and a rookie contract who's fantastic. And where they're picking in the draft, highly doubt that's going to happen. But they were in the game in the middle of the fourth quarter. The difference was touchdowns on the Green Bay side. And on the Chicago side, they're settling for field goals. I think Matt Nagy actually needed to be a little bit more aggressive in that specific spot. I'm not saying for all games. Uh, fourth and goal from the two, you've got to go for it. But going up against them, yeah, the way his defense has been playing, certainly. I was having John Fox flashbacks yesterday 
when he would say it's all a problem. It's all a problem right now. But they're going to the playoffs. They're 8-8. Eight eight. I was chuckling at this earlier this afternoon. The point differential. Points scored, points allowed. The point differential for the Bears is closer to zero than any team in the NFL. They're 8-8 eight eight by record, but they truly are. They truly are an 8-8 eight eight team. I know Bill Parcells said you are what your record says you are. But they are 8-8, eight and, eight and the numbers back it up. And sure, there was some luck early on in the season, and guess what? It balanced out. They had a couple huge wins laid against some very poor teams. They're very close to zero. Plus two on the year. That's 8-8. Eight and eight. When you have plus two... Over the course of an NFL season, like, okay, you're giving up about as much as you're scoring. You're an 8-18. Eight eight it's all a problem. I mean, you know, this, coaching this stuff's a problem. And you were 8-8 eight eight last year. And I would be shocked if they don't run it back, excluding a Chuck Pagano scapegoat situation. You're going to run it back, right? Those wins against Houston, Minnesota, and Jacksonville probably convinced them that, hey, we're kind of close. You're not close. You're not close. You're in the playoffs. Cool. I, I'm glad the season's not over. we got another week of this. By the way, I wasn't sure how I would feel about the one-by situation. Just looking at that schedule, triple header Saturday, triple header Sunday, yes, love it. Love it. So I, that's really exciting. I don't know that Sunday afternoon that will be all that exciting as the Bears are 10-point underdogs to the New Orleans Saints in the playoffs. If you want to jump in, 312-644-6767, 312-644-6767. That is the number to call to text. I'm on Twitter at Joe0670, at Joe0670. I mean, yeah, it is all a problem. The offense the head coach who is now more involved in play calling. We'll talk about that tonight, too. That report has come surfaced over the last couple of days. And then you watch those plays yesterday. Is there any doubting that? Any doubting that? I, I don't question it for a second. For a second. It's just, there's this gap. It's cool that they're in the playoffs, but there, there's just this big gap between the top teams in the NFC, the Saints and the Packers, and then the teams just sliding in on a tiebreaker like the Bears, or if the Cardinals would have been, would have been the Cardinals. If the Cardinals were playing against the Saints, it'd be a similar point spread. 312-644-6767, Coming up next, um, this, this isn't breaking news here, but it really dawned on me uh, earlier today as I'm just thinking about how this entire team is built and the relationship that the fan base has with the team and how it is just one big toxic relationship all around. I'll explain on the other side. I'm Joe Ostrowski. This is 670 The Score on the Radio.com app. Fourth down and inches. Trubisky this time in the gun with Montgomery to his right. 
takes the snap, moving the pocket right, throwing incomplete, broken up by Shandon Sullivan on a throw low to the outside right to Allen Robinson. And the Packers have turned the Bears away with no points on fourth and a couple of football lengths. So I'll start off with just by what uh, by what we saw and what I saw in regards to the game yesterday. Um, I think, you know, the, the, the biggest thing is not coming away with those touchdowns uh, in the red zone, which which is stating the obvious. Having that fourth down, you know that we gotta that we gotta convert right there, and then right after that, um, you know, unfortunately, we gave up a twelve play drive for a touchdown, uh, which at that point in time, when you're within five, uh, you know, you know, it, it's a it's a point right there where you want to excuse me six, you want to be able to uh, keep that where you can get the ball back, go down and score a touchdown. And we didn't do that. So I thought the time of possession was good. We just struggled in the red zone. Special teams, um, you know, we got fortunate there. Uh, I thought it was a good call to start the game. It gave us good field position. Started the game out well on offense with a 14-play drive for a touchdown. But in the end, um, wasn't enough to win. It's all a problem. It is. It is what Matt Nagy can say. Zero losing seasons after three years as head coach of your Chicago Bears. Good evening, Joe Ostrowski with you. Sports Radio 670, the score. Obviously talking about everything that went down and they uh, lost to the Packers. And now we're looking forward. There's something to look forward to. We're not having those wrap-up press conferences, which is fascinating. That's good. It's a good thing. Okay, you're the seventh seed and you're the biggest underdog of the week. Go shock the world. Let's see if you can do that. You kept it close earlier on in the season. We'll see if there's a repeat of that. But I'm expecting Kamara to be on the field, and that's that's a well-coached team, and they are going to be extremely prepared uh, coming up against the Bears. Saints coming off a blowout win against the Panthers. I believe that was yesterday. Uh, 312-644-6767. 312-644-6767. So the strange regular season is a wrap. I'm not saying it because it's a COVID year and you had opt-outs and the Bears dealt with that too, especially on the defensive line with Goldman. But <laughs> sometimes you talk about the ebbs and flows of an NFL season. I mean, this was just streak. Streak, um, mini streak over. Like, okay, three quick turns, and it's a wrap. Five and one start with a lot of luck, and even the uh, biggest homer would say, I don't know this is real. It's cool that the Bears are five and one, but I have my doubts. And Matt Nagy said, oh, no, stop. Stop with these negative questions, these ifs. You are what your record says you are. We are. Five and one. Right. You're right. You were at that time. And then it kind of showed your true colors over the next six games when he lost all six of them. And you go from five and one to five and seven. And he said, another strange part to this, he made the quarterback change without losing a game. Something we all know that he wanted to do anyways, which I'll get to in just a quick minute, talking about the toxic relationship with the Bears in the building, and then one that Bears fans have with the Bears. So you go five and one, then you lose six, and then you beat some trash teams like Houston and Jacksonville, and you win a one-score game over against Minnesota, but it was three convincing wins, and then you lose yesterday. 
And that, it feels like that's enough to save everyone's job, doesn't it? I'm not a, including Mitchell Trubisky because he's not under contract right now. So we don't know what's going to happen there. Is there going to be any sort of a market? I don't know. I, I, I hear people talk all the time about, well, I don't know if Mitch is going to want to return. And of course, Trubisky is the better option over Foles. But, well, they decided to give Nick Foles a bunch of money. So maybe Foles is going to be the one that's back. Maybe they can bring them both back. But you better draft someone. I have to scream about it every single year. The uh, general manager that walked in and said, yeah, yeah, you got to draft someone every year until you get that position fixed. Well, you know, he's, he's drafted one guy. One guy. And he's been here for six drafts. Probably number seven is coming up. But the, the relationship internally. Let's start there with the head coach. So... If the reports are true that Matt Nagy is more involved with the play calling, why? Why? They're scoring points. Laser was getting credit. Now, they, they had the advantage in those matchups, going against bad defenses. But when Foles was out there, when Nagy was calling the plays most of the year, they weren't scoring points against some bad defense. Have you seen that Titans defense lately? Have you seen them at all this year? Teams are scoring at will against them. Not the Bears, though, when they played. Not the Bears. Look terrible. When Nagy was calling the plays earlier in the year, they weren't scoring points against anybody. It didn't matter what the matchup was. Or, or you'd have these extended stretches, like three quarters, and they're not scoring points. Detroit, Atlanta, we got to talk about those games. So why why is Matt Nagy involved in the play calling more now? Because credit is going to the offensive coordinator? Because the bosses might come down and say, what exactly is it you do here? Because those are fair questions. If he's thinking that his bosses are going to do that at the end of the season. Does Matt Nagy not trust his offensive coordinator? And the offense is the best or was the best it looked since his first year? Since the first half of uh, year number one here with Laser calling the plays. Does he not trust him? Benny clearly doesn't trust the quarterback. I mean, that was obvious in the offseason. He's saying, okay, Mitch Trubisky's got to know the offense better than I do, knowing that would never be the case. So he was justified in making a move, and it's the quarterback he, who he wanted anyways. Brought in Nick Foles. That's his dude. Now, it goes on Ryan Pace's record, but it's also on Matt Nagy's record because that was his guy. He brought in a bunch of coaches. Worked with Foles in the past. Big fans of Foles. Okay, everybody's happy. We decided Foles is the best guy for the job. He clearly is not. Why'd you do that? Because you don't trust Mitchell Trubisky. I believe that Nagy is more involved in the play calling. Look at the chart. You seen that? Ch- the chart of his throws from yesterday? It has changed. There is zero trust between the head coach and the quarterback, and that's just evident with the play call. I don't even care what they say into microphones. I don't care what they say to any reporter, what's being leaked. It doesn't matter. Just look what's happening on the field. There is zero trust. Why is there zero trust? Because 
if Mitchell Trubisky's in a dropback situation, he can't do anything for you down the field. Nothing. Listen to these numbers. Uh, I saw this tweeted out this afternoon, and it's not shocking news to anybody, but it just hammers the point home. Uh, Jacob Infani was tweeting this from Windy City Gridiron. On passes 10 to 19 yards past the line of scrimmage, Trubisky is 37 for 66, completion percentage of 56, one touchdown, four interceptions. On passes 10 to 19 yards past the line of scrimmage, one touchdown, four picks, a little over 50% complete. 20-plus yards past the line of scrimmage. Trubisky's 5 for 30. 16.7% complete, two touchdowns, three interceptions. It's fair uh, if you want to hand out some blame to Nagy, and I'm not going to argue that at all. But what we do know is Nagy's coming back, and he doesn't trust this quarterback. And, he, yep, he's better He's better than false. You're right if you're screaming that in your car right now. He is. But what are they going to say in those meetings about what to do for 2021? What do you think Matt Nagy's going to say? Think he's going to stand on the table for Mitchell Trubisky? He didn't last year. He's going to do it this time around? Probably have a lot more conversations about guys that are in the draft finally to draft their second one, second quarterback. So the head coach doesn't trust the quarterback at all. And, and then we get to the fan base. And I think a lot of this is fair, by the way. I'm not arguing with it. It's just... It's so alarming uh, how much distrust there is. The fans' relationship with the Bears and, and internally with this organization. For the fans that aren't that thrilled about the Bears going to the postseason, why is that? We all know. We don't want Matt Nagy's resume to look impressive if you want him out. If you want Pace out, you don't want his resume to look too good, right? Well, I don't know if 8-8 eight and eight and back-to-back years looks great for anybody. Because when you run it back in this league, 8-8, eight 7-9, and eight, seven and nine, you're somewhere in that range, and then you run it back a third time, you know what usually happens that third time? Yeah, maybe you're drafting quarterback in the top five. That's what usually happens. But the fan base doesn't trust the front office so much that, tell me if I'm wrong. Mike Rankin, our executive producer, am I wrong with this? But like the fan base that wants the losses, that wants as many losses as possible so everybody's out, has so little trust in the front office, they don't think <laughs> they don't think that they know what they're seeing. That they would be blinded by eight and eight and thinking this is a pretty good team. Like George can't comprehend what a six-game losing streak means in the NFL. Losing for over a month and a half because you had that buy-in there too. Like like George is so dense that he doesn't understand that losing six games in a row is really really bad. And they've taken multiple steps backwards from where they were in 2018. Joe, the NFL is a week-to-week league. However, when you're evaluating a GM who's been in this position for, what, six seasons now, I think they understand, especially this family that's been around football. Now, you can criticize their football knowledge all you want, but they know 
what inconsistency looks like and non-legitimate Super Bowl contenders look like. And I think you're hitting it absolutely on the head. It's not, hey, five and seven, fire everyone. All of a sudden, it's eight and seven. You have a chance to get to nine and seven and work your way back into the playoffs and overcome the six-game losing streak like you mentioned. It doesn't work that way. All of it. They take the entire season into an evaluation process for Ryan Pace. Is he safe? I don't know because I, I can't get into the minds of the McCaskies. To me, it seems like that he may be back, but I don't know how I feel about it. It's like I'm up in the air with this. But to your point, you're absolutely right. It, they see what's going on. You know, they're not oblivious to it, and it's not going to change just because they worked their way. They backed their way into the postseason. Anybody that listens to this show knows that I am no fan of Ryan Pace, okay? The same thing with the quarterback, but that kind of goes hand in hand. But listen. If they've made their decision that Matt Nagy is returning and with two years left on his deal, I think that's the case. I I do believe he's going to return. If that's done, I I don't really see the point in changing the general manager. What are we doing? Now we're going to operate like the Bears typically do. Okay, so you're keeping Nagy. That's your first choice. But Nagy's boss, the guy that hired Matt Nagy, you're going to move on from him? Does that make a lot of sense? So now new general manager has Matt Nagy because you've already said, I mean, my God, this is Phil Emery, Lovey Smith all over again if we play that out for people that think that that Ryan Pace is not safe. Well, I, I think he is. And actually, even though I am no Ryan Pace fan, I don't want him selecting the next quarterback of the Bears. I don't really see the point in keeping Matt Nagy and bringing in a new GM then you're bringing in Phil Emery and telling him that he has to keep Lovey Smith for one year. Lovey Smith leads the team to a 10-6 and 6 record, and Phil Emery was saying the right things in front of the microphone, but the, the plan the entire time, no matter what, was he was going to fire Lovey Smith. Okay, cool. I'm the GM. Awesome. Got to keep the head coach for one year. Not ideal, but I'll deal with it. Okay, no matter what, it's my decision, right? No matter what, after one year? Yes. Yes, Phil. After one year, you can do whatever you want. Well, he's gone. He's going to be gone in a year. They might as well have announced it that Lovey Smith is here for one more year because that's that's how they operated with that hiring process. We're going to have a you team want... that's selfish and undisciplined. I mean, who wants that again? Joe, you are, so, you are so on the money with the general manager position in this case because if I, I, I'm with you. I think Matt Nagy's coming back. So you think about it. You're bringing in a new GM. Not only is he being given a a head coach and a coaching staff, maybe he makes some changes to it, but a new general manager wants complete autonomy. He wants to take over the franchise. He wants to make the decision on the head coach. But also, you look at the Bears cap situation. This is a guy coming in, hypothetically, or female. Oh, it's a mess. Never know. Comes in and has to take on this project. You want a new general manager to take on this? I know there's a full draft class coming up where they have all their picks, but... Man, look at the salaries that are invested to guys and years attached. That's that's a difficult sell, especially if you're saying you're keeping the head coach. Oh man, uh, Mike Rankin, executive producer. Yeah, it's it's a mess. I don't know how else you describe it. I mean, Eddie Jackson's not making plays out there. Um, you're paying Khalil Mack how much money? P- Pro Football Focus said he's the best edge pass rusher in the game. Okay, we finally saw him in the third quarter yesterday. You're playing the Packers. Like, come on, man. He's got to make more of an impact. 
come all, all that money he's getting paid, $141 million contract. I mean, Robert Quinn, forget about it. You kidding me? Talk about regressing. How about Eddie Jackson? My goodness. I mean, they're, they're just playing a different game right now. And, and that's why I've been anti-Ryan Pace for a number of years. When other teams are just trying to do whatever they can to fix the quarterback position, and and that's even willing to admit a mistake after one year like the Arizona Cardinals did. And I don't know that Kyler Murray is the answer. I don't know yet. But they're taking shots. They knew Josh Rosen wasn't. Oh, we drafted him a year ago? Don't care. Go draft another guy. So if... Carson Wentz, they'd still be saying a couple of years ago he was an MVP candidate. What did the Eagles do? Yeah, he was. He was good, but we're going to go draft a quarterback in the second round. Because I think he's a long-term answer. There's no plan at quarterback here. And that's been my biggest issue with Ryan Pace. Not so much the miss on Trubisky, just what's the plan? The plan is you're playing football in the 80s. Like, it doesn't work now. It's a completely different era. You want to hop in 312-644-6767, That is the number to call and to text. Uh, Aaron Lemming covers the Bears for CBS Sports and the Bear Report. He's got strong opinions. He'll be joining me at 7 o'clock. I'm Joe Ostrowski on 670, the score in the radio.com app. Our, our guys are, we, we have some, uh, some guys that they care a lot and when you have the care a lot the word backed in and all that stuff like that they, they could care less about the backed in comment or whatever that is uh they, they what they care about is is that they understand that they they earned it they worked hard after you know someone someone uh, uh the other day there's a stat what third team since 1970 to lose six in a row uh and go to the playoffs you know so you lose six in a row you still make playoffs that's not that's not easy and and eight and eight no it's not perfect we understand that Yeah, when you start talking about this team, it's hard to not to get caught up in all of the issues. But they are in the postseason. That's a good thing. <laughs> the other thing is, like, yeah, you needed help. But it wasn't just help in Week 17. You needed a lot of help. They, they got in. They got in. But they are so 8-8 eight and eight with their point differential of plus 2. You know what it took to get in in the other conference? It took 11 and 5. The Dolphins, now they deserve criticism because boy did they wet the bed yesterday against the Buffalo Bills as they were sitting half their roster for half the game. But they go 10 and 6 and they don't get in the playoffs. Ah, oh, remember that? Yeah, I do too. You had to be 11 and 5 or better. They had 1 2 3 4 11 and 5 teams in the AFC. But you had to be 11-5 or better to get in. Those teams are real. And then and then you look at this divide for the NFC. you got Green Bay, New Orleans, Seattle. Win a lot of close games that they win. 12-4. Tampa's up there, 11-5. And, and then it slowly drops. And the Rams, they, we don't even know if they have a quarterback. And the football team, 7-9. The Bears, 8-8. Eight and eight. Just, you you see the tears. They are glaring 
in the NFL postseason. But hey, one more week of football, at least with the local team, not going to complain about that at all. Joe Ostrowski here, Sports Radio 670, the score 312-644-6767, 312-644-6767. That is the number Chip in Villa Park rang us on. Hey, Chip, you're on 670, the score. Hey, Joe, good evening. Happy New Year to you. Hey, Same to you and yours. Thank you very much. I was uh, looking, thinking about schedule-wise, too, and if I'm not mistaken, didn't the year they go they went 12 and 4 under Nagy? Didn't they have like the easiest schedule in the NFL, and then obviously progressively got a little tougher because of the you know the record and where they were at? But you know, I'm thinking going into next year, if this team is back to back eight and eight like they were this year and the year before, I, I can't see things improving enough to where you you think that this is going to be a team good enough to contend for an NFC championship. Um, if you're the McCaskies, that's why I think it might be time to pull the plug, certainly on, on uh, pace. But, I, you know, I, you, are, you mentioned them being in hell, and I think it's true. I, I just don't see any real positives going forward to make, this, make you think that this team is better than what they are, which is 500, and even that's debatable considering how some of those losses or some of those wins they had, like the Detroit game, were, I mean, were by pure luck, and, uh, and they were fortunate to get out of there with victories. Chip, don't you think we're having a completely different conversation if Swift holds on to that football and they're seven and nine instead of eight and eight? Oh, exactly. I think at that point, it. I think the decision becomes real easy. Um, mm-hmm. And I and I frankly think it is easy right now too to say it might be time to you know we may have to move on from this and see what happens. But I, I don't know. I think for them, eight and eight, and the fact that you get in the playoffs and an expanded playoffs. You know, maybe the McCaskies think, well, this is a step in the right direction, and this expanded playoff could be something it sounds like um, the NFL may look to do going forward. So, I mean, if you're going to expand it, maybe they're content with 8-8 eight and eight to maybe get back next year at the same rate. I don't know. I, I just don't think as a fan any of us are very happy about what we see. And they've got to be thankful that there weren't fans in the stands this year because they'd be letting this team have it left <laughs> and right. You know? I was thinking about that yesterday. Thanks for the phone call, Chip. Appreciate it. I was thinking about that yesterday, how cool it would have been if you had fans at Soldier Field and that meltdown, the final seven, eight minutes of the game, the the amount of boos or every time they would stall in the red zone. Same thing in Philadelphia last night when they said, white flag up in the air, we quit. We quit. Sunday night football, what's the reaction there? And on the flip side, how about in Cleveland? When they make the postseason, the Browns make the playoffs with 11-5 and five record, man. The, uh, the celebration there, that would have been cool to witness. So I, I keep thinking back to this Falcons team, comparing to the Bears. Now, we referenced 2018, and you know what they were referencing for a long time in Atlanta? Their Super Bowl run. We know how it ended. We know it ended. But they got there. They got to the Super Bowl. And then they made the postseason the next year. But since then, what has happened? 2018, they went 7-9. 2019, 7-9. Across the league, to a T, if you pay attention uh, this past offseason, everyone was ripping Atlanta for deciding to run it back for that third year. 7-9, 7-9, run it back, 
What happened? They fired the head coach and the general manager after five games. Now, the Bears don't operate that way. But if you want to see everything burn at Hallis Hall, you probably should run it back. Because that's how this league typically works. They could easily, I don't, we don't know the schedule order yet, but they could easily start 0-4, 0-5, 0-6. That's possible. We just saw them lose six games in a row. You think the defense is going to get better next year with a different defensive coordinator, probably? Needs to be elite. Far from it. Far from it. 3-1-2-6-44-67-67. And so, yeah, Atlanta finishes 4-12. and They have a top-five draft pick. I'm wondering if they're going to be in the running for a quarterback. And it's time for them to move on from Matt Ryan. Leroy and Schaumburg, you're on 670, the score. How you doing, Leroy? All right, guys. Hey, I want to talk about Nagy for a second, you know, because I... I've been hearing a lot of people saying, like, you know, Nagy definitely should be coming back. You know, how do you fire somebody without a losing record? How do you fire somebody that won defensive player of the year? But if we're being honest, the guy was brought here to be some kind of offensive guru, to which he has never been. I mean, his offense probably worked for about two or three games the first year until people caught up to what Mitch was doing. And he got that uh, – coach of the year award because we had a dominant defense that was just shutting everybody down. It has never been the reason why we hired him. So I don't see why it's so hard to let go of this guy. Yeah. No, I don't think it's hard because he's a talented head coach. I think it's hard because they don't want to pay him to go away for two years. That's what I think. Um, If you missed the report, there are multiple national reports over the last couple of weeks saying that Matt Nagy's safe. And I would agree with that. Now, I'm just going off what I think the Bears are going to do. I'm not going – you're asking me what I'm doing? I'm proactive with this. I've seen enough from this regime. But I'm just telling you that if the Bears are set on bringing Matt Nagy back, I don't see the point in moving on from Ryan Pace. I don't really see it. If you're if you're going to continue with this structure, right? So if you don't have a football guy – that is the boss of Ryan Pace. Now, if they're willing to change that, okay, and you want to bring Nagy and Pace back, I'm okay with that. I'm okay. Let the new football czar make their evaluations for one more year. I'm cool. I'm fine with that. Now, I'm, I'm not fans of the head coach or GM, but if you bring in a boss of that's ahead of both of them, you change the structure over there. Now that's real change. That's something I can get behind. That actually excite me. That maybe you'll get some different results. Maybe you'll build something that will be a contender. Not just, eh, you know, they're kind of a tier three in this league. They're nowhere close to a contender. They're not a division winner. But... They're good enough with some help to sneak into the postseason. Or like, like in 2018, everything went their way. And they were there, and then they lost their first game at home, and they were favorites. Very different situation this year as 10-point underdogs to the New Orleans Saints. Very, very different situation. Uh, 3 one 2 6 67 Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. Yeah, I, I'm not making the case for Matt Nagy. I mean, I've seen enough. When um, when people were 
pointing out about the Bears facing the weakest defenses and they were scoring points, yippee, but they're not facing any quality Ds. You're right. I can't argue that. But at least they were scoring points. We didn't see them score points on a consistent basis for two years. That was a start to me. At least they were scoring points. And then red zone stall, red zone stall, red zone stall yesterday. Joe Ostrowski with you. Sports Radio 670. The score, Mike in Rockford is up. What's going on, Mike? Hey, how you doing, Joe? Uh, thanks for taking my call. Listen, I'm just going to discuss, I'm, I'm disgusted uh, with this whole organization. And being a Bear fan living up in Rockford around all these cheeseheads and, <laughs> and taking the punishment, literally since Brett Favre came in the league in 1992, or well, when he got to the Packers anyway, we've been eating crow from the Chiefs that many years. It's almost been, I mean, my God, 30 years. And, it, you know, it's disgusting. And, and it was so bad at one point. You had, when he got hired, the first thing he said at his press conference, we're going to beat the Packers because it was that bad then. That was Lovey Smith how many years ago? And it's right. still happening. Uh, you know, it, it, the problem is, you know, when, when you have big weeds in your yard, weed off at the surface of the ground, it grows right back. The McCaskies are the root of the problem. And when you want to get rid of the weed, you got to get rid of the root. Oh, Mike, your phone broke up. Sorry about that. Yeah, well, here's a here's the thing. I just feel like we're wasting uh, some hot air by talking about that. Because you can't fire the owner. And yes, are there issues at the highest of levels? 100% agree with you. But we can't do anything about it. Now, you move on from Ted Phillips, that's as high as you can go. Are they willing to do that? Or are they going to do you know, a similar move that we've seen with the Bulls and the White Sox, with Paxson and Kenny? Still have a role, not as prominent. Now, maybe it's a little different with Kenny. Mike, would you say it's a little different with Kenny? That's probably not a fair comp. Yeah. Like what, the, yeah. what they, he's still Rick Hahn's boss, even though we don't like to talk about him like he's Rick yeah. Hahn's boss yeah, for some no, reason. I, yeah, yeah, that's an interesting structure there over the White Sox. So, I mean, it's, yeah, yeah. I see it. Yeah. Reinsdorf operations, it's always a little bit different. Always a little bit different. Uh, but I would say I, I like what they did with the Bulls, at least. That, that feels like more real change it's just kenny was not in the spotlight how about that so we didn't talk as much about kenny and kenny couldn't decline every uh, media request out there and then he would step in it from time to time and people will be up in arms we we know the history with the white Sox, but it's listen can't fire the owners they're probably never going to sell the team that's just what it is and the question is are they going to do something with ted phillips if you do that if you bring in a football czar, Ryan Pace has a boss, okay, now we're starting something. Now it feels like there's some real change. Because I know down the, down the road that probably this new football guy would be bringing in a different general manager and head coach, too. So it's only going to be so long. The questions that were here a year ago aren't going anywhere, right? I think we all believe that they're just going to run it back until they're just smacked in the face of, listen, you're not close. But if you're bothered by the fact that the Bears are going to the playoffs, well, maybe it'll happen. 
Okay, you're you're facing one of the better teams in the NFC for the second time this year. Maybe you're we're gonna see the uh, door slammed on the Mitch Trubisky era. Maybe, certainly possible. That Saints defense lights him up. That could. There's your positive spin. If you were upset that the Bears made the postseason, you could see a lot of failure. You could see an embarrassment, which uh, we've seen a lot of those moments this year with this team. All right, coming up next, uh, Aaron Lemming's going to drop by. He's got some strong opinions on what he saw yesterday, uh, what we're hearing from some of the national reporters about Matt Nagy being involved in the play calling once again. And then... You know, he's going to make the case and tell you, he's like, here are some clear examples why it looks like it's uh, much less of a laser project and more. And we're back to Matt Nagy running the offense entirely. We'll get to that on the other side when Aaron joins me. I'm Joe Ostrowski on 670 The Score and the Radio.com app. And we got to keep our poise, right? How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. 